0: stop commercial time hey friends so do y'all remember how we decided together that 2022 would be our year our year to be selfish the year that we start finally taking the steps necessary to get our financial lives together y'all remember that well i decided to get my financial life together by opening up my first investment account and investing in the stock market Now, all I have to do is actually learn how to invest (laughs) and I hope you'll join me. My good friend and season one guest, top 100 financial advisor and founder of Building Bread, Kevin Matthews has put together an easy to understand, easy to follow set of resources for newbie investors just like us called The Investor's Toolkit. The Investor's Toolkit is a seven module course designed to guide us step-by-step through our stock market investing journey we need this friends well if you're ready to stop talking about it and be about it click the link in my show notes to access the building bread investors toolkit and if you use the link in the notes you'll also get a special sugar-free
1: discount
0: y'all know i'm gonna take care of you friends right
1: good now back to the show And when I started to look at the quality of life more, I'm like, do I really wanna be working this much? No matter how much money I'm making, when am I gonna have time to enjoy my life? I wanted control of my own life.
0: And now, you're listening to The Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea? You know it's sugar free. How you like your tea? Up in here, we like it sugar-free Come through, stop by, get up with me With your girl, sitting Mac, I'm a little crazy. ain't going nowhere sugar-free are you with me (laughs) hey friends I just had that little song on my heart y'all know sometimes I just be having a song on my heart (sighs) and I just got to share it with y'all so thank y'all for joining me for another episode another installment of the sugar-free podcast can y'all believe that we are just about halfway through season two already can you believe it oh my gosh! Y'all need to leave me some feedback in the comments. Leave me some reviews. Let me know how you think it's going because I think it's been going fantastic. Just to drop some gems on y'all, our listenership is up 60% in season two. Yes, 60%. Thank you guys for joining me every week. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for telling your family members. Thank you for commenting, sharing, liking our posts on social media, for subscribing to our YouTube channel. Thank y'all. Y'all know how much this means to me, so truly thank you. We're doing it, friends. We're doing it. And this week, we are doing it, okay? And our guest was doing it, too. And we're talking about the ultimate boss move, quitting your job, okay? Now, quitting your job can be such a magical and freeing moment, right, friends? And for many of us, it can be a day that we've dreamed about for a very long time y'all know I've been dreaming about it (laughs) now y'all want to know what happens if I quitting dreams of course you do of course you do okay so picture it it's Sicily 1939 okay I'm just kidding I'm just kidding It's a golden girl reference if you know you know but but picture it okay in my quitting dreams I'm sitting across from my boss and they are some saying something crazy to me friends Like, they always do. And they saying something crazy to me for the umpteenth time. But they don't know that it's the last time, right? Because I just secured my dream job. And I'm secretly just sitting there waiting with a smile on my face. Nodding. And just waiting for the perfect moment to tell them, I'm out. (laughs) So, So picture it. My boss is talking that foolishness. I'm sitting there, I'm smiling, and they look at me, right? And they say, so you just gonna sit there or are you gonna say something? And I look up and I say, you know, I really would say something, but all of this and you is beneath me now, cause I'm out! Please, please pick your face up off the floor. That's not attractive. Because I don't want you and don't talk to me. Look, y'all, I have gone ahead and freed myself. And then I grab my purse and I say, y'all can keep my pencils. Sydney, out. And that's the end of the dream that's it <laughs> and listen y'all i wake up so happy after that dream every morning i wake up after that dream and be like oh it's gonna be a good day today but well, let me tell y'all okay my quitting dreams didn't go exactly like that but they have come true yay clap for me friends clap for me clap for me <laughs> in january of this year i joined the quitting movement to become one of the 38 million americans who have quit their jobs over the last year in what has now been dubbed as the great resignation after almost two years in lockdown americans collectively said we deserve better and i'm out right especially after many folks were making more on unemployment than they were going into work every single day. And for others, they experienced dropping their children off at school for the very first time ever because of a more flexible work schedule. And so after getting a taste of better for almost two years, we really just sat down and we had to ask ourselves some real questions like, self. And then self said, what? (laughs) What have I been doing with my life all these years? And what do I want my life to look like in the many years that I have left, right? And so for many of us, I say us because I'm a part of the statistic now, friends. We decided that... It was time for a change. It was time to get out. Okay? And so this week we are sitting down with another great resigner who decided what was next for her was starting her own business. And so we're sitting down with Miss Liku Amadi Esquire, formerly Miss Liku Midoshi, cause your girl a hoe wife now. and so we have welcomed Liku this week to the tea party and so Liku is a wife a new mom an attorney a business owner and like I said a great resigner who is here to share her story on how she quit her job like a boss and she's also here to offer us some tips and tricks on how to do the same so are y'all ready Because I'm ready. Yes. Perfect. Welcome, Liku. Please tell the good people who you are and what you do.
1: Hello. My name is Liku Madoshi. Um, I am a California-based attorney, born and raised in the Bay Area. I practice business law. Specifically, I help coaches and consultants establish a solid legal foundation for business by drafting custom contracts, forming their business entities, and doing a little bit of trademark law. And I'm very happy to be here. Yes, we are so happy to have you here. Where'd you go to law school? I went to Thomas Jefferson School of Law in San Diego. Yes.
0: Well, we're so excited to have you here today to get into this topic of quitting your job in the age of the great resignation which is like right right <laughs> now everybody well statistics are telling us that everybody is quitting their job the latest mm-hmm. figures that i've seen from 2021 said that 4.4 million people quit their jobs in october Right. And roughly about the same amount in September. So people are leaving. And so as we get into our making career move series, I felt like we had to talk about the ultimate career move, which is quitting your job. Right. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's to climb the corporate ladder you gotta hop off this ladder and get on the next one and then sometimes as in your case you decide you ain't on the ladder at all and you skipping all the (laughs) runs straight to CEO (laughs) (laughs) so tell us a little bit about your your experience in corporate America let's 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 take it from the top right before before you started your business and before you quit your job like generally what has your experience been as a black woman in corporate America the good bad the ugly let
1: me stretch <laughs> a little bit for this <laughs> right burn some sage yeah exactly we do um I, I should start off by saying uh I'm a first-generation Tanzanian, so mom and dad were born, you know, in Tanzania, came here, saloons were born here, and so I was raised um, very strict, very school is number one, you know, first in the class, all of that, um, and I generally, you know, reached those heights, so that that's what my positioning was you know going into corporate like even during law school like I had to be at the top I had to do my best I could not fail and then just knowing that I'm a black woman like that's just you know even more like there's just dings against me that I have to constantly fight against and so when I started working I was and what type of what type of environment were you working in were you working at a
0: corporation
1: or a firm like yeah so I was at a firm I was at a firm um, and it was like a, a small to mid-sized firm, maybe 20, 25 attorneys. And I got a lot of good experience, but um, I was, I was working a lot. I was working a lot. And because of the way the profession is, I just thought that that's what you were supposed to do. Like you're expected to get up at seven, start working, you know, stop working at 9 PM. Like you just don't have a life. Um, and so that was fine and dandy, but I was the only black attorney there um wait, 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 wait hold, on, hold on hold
0: on in the entire law firm the only yes att- wow about how San many Francisco.
1: <laughs> about how many attorneys would you say were i, I want to say maybe like 20 like max 25 Maybe wow. so Yeah, I was the only black attorney. Um, Fortunately, I had an assistant who was a black woman. So that was really helpful. But from the attorney standpoint, and like a lot of the networking events we went to, I started feeling very lonely, very isolated, Mm. very tired of, you know, trying to show a happy face or trying to uh, be perceived as professional when I wanted to just be myself or felt comfort in being in myself. Like I could play the game, but it was really starting to get tired and I didn't have a lot of people to talk to about that. So um, I joined Black Women Lawyers. I started seeking out you know, other spaces where I could be with Black women because my profession wasn't giving me that. When I jumped to my second job, um, it was also really great, good experience. Um, that was still the only black attorney in my San Francisco office. But this time it was a really large firm. So they had offices countrywide and there were black partners and associates in the other offices. So although I didn't have one down the hallway from me, Um, I was able to tap in with those people, especially during the pandemic. I was working from home. So they were just like a Zoom call away. It was easy. So that was great. But I was still feeling those pressures of having to overperform because I'm a woman, because I'm Black, because I'm young. And now at the height of a pandemic where people are getting laid off left to right, like I haven't even had a chance to show myself outside of my interview. Uh, So there was that pressure as well.
0: Mm, So how many attorneys were in your office at that time? Um,
1: To be honest with you, I didn't even get to meet all of them because I literally started that job when we were um, like a week out from getting shut down. So people are already home. Uh, I want to say maybe 30 to 35 in that Mm. entire office, maybe 40. That's so crazy that in both of the corporate environments
0: that you've been in, you have been the only Black person in the office. Like that is, (sighs) I I am, listen, I know the struggle is real (laughs) because I'm not the only black person in my office, but I am the only black woman in the Mm -hmm. department. And I could tell you stories upon stories of one of my first experiences, a corporate lawyer, and I was working and I was new to this particular role. And I got a calendar invitation to attend an event that I just thought was like, you know, something in the office, not really mm-hmm. paying it a whole bunch of attention. Nobody called it to my attention or, you know, explained what it was. And, you know, when you're new somewhere, a whole bunch of meetings just kind of pop up on your calendar. Right. <laughs> so I didn't really put too much stock into it. And the event was on a Friday. And in that particular environment, we had like casual Fridays, right? And so Mm -hmm. my version of casual Fridays, I'm coming, I'm coming in my jeans, my J's, I don't care. You said it's casual. I'm coming however I want to come. (laughs) 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 Right? Head wrap and all. So I came in that attire and I Mm -hmm. look around and the rest of the legal department is all in suits on casual Friday. And I'm like, Right. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Why why is everybody dressed up today? And they're like, Oh, there's a luncheon today for a legal profession luncheon at the four seasons that's like high tea that everybody has to get dressed up for. And I'm like, Well, why didn't anybody tell me about this? And I'm looking at my boss, and she was just like, Oh, well, you don't have to go. Girl, what? Like, Are you serious? Like there was no offer to say, hey, maybe you can just run home and change really quick and be back in time. Or I have an extra coat on the back of my door. Maybe you can just, you know, throw Mm -hmm. this blazer on because every lawyer in America got the blazer behind the door. right? Right. Like, you know what I mean? And like there was none of that. It was just oh, you can just stay here. And I'm like the only black woman. Right? And I'm like, how is that supposed to make me feel? Because I was like, Mm -hmm. no, I'll go. (laughs) Like, y'all not going to run me (laughs) out this event. Right? (laughs) So I go to the event where I'm also the only Black woman at the entire event, right? And I'm there in Jordans while everyone else is in Pearls. Like, it was such an embarrassing moment. But being the only in corporate America can be such an isolating experience, especially yes. if you don't have allies there really trying to have your back and look out mm-hmm. for you. And you know what I mean? It's just like you cannot tell me that you just overlook this when your response right. when I'm like, why is everyone dressed up is you could just stay home. Like, what? <laughs> yeah that's
1: awful you better than me I would have been questioning everything <laughs> no but you're right it's very isolating it can it be is. very uncomfortable very uninviting to be in certain spaces and, mm.
0: yeah so it breaks my heart to hear that in two corporate environments that you were the only <laughs> outside of a support staff member yeah so yeah so that aside, what caused you to decide that it was time to leave corporate? Was there like a singular event or was it a series of events? Like what was the process leading up to resignation?
1: Um, it definitely wasn't a single event. I think it was it was really just the times because when I started at the new firm, um and this is the one that's countrywide. That was the last firm ever that I worked at. When I started there, my plan was, all right, I'm going to stay here for seven years. I'm going to work my way up to partner. Like that was me going in. And then um, we were in the pandemic. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I feel like a few times I was talked to a little disrespectfully um, by both superiors and subordinates. Um, and so that was just something that I, that I was able to handle, but I was like, yeah, this is not going to be a norm. Like, so it's a little 10% there. Um, being in the pandemic and just being isolated at home before it was get up, go to the gym, get dressed, get on BART, which is a train out here, um, you know, go to work, go to the networking event after, you know, I had a lot of things to do, but during the pandemic, roll out of bed, check your email, like start the work day. Like there was just no separation work and i'm the type of person where i would i'll stay at the office until midnight if it means not bringing my work home like i want that separation i want that quality of life and i just was not having that um and i think the pandemic really made me just sit at home because i'm a busybody. i like to network i like to go out i like to brunch i like to talk to people and so it was just me and my fiance at the time now my husband and he's great that's my best friend Mm -hmm. but you know, just being at home or just being isolated that much really caused a lot of reflection for me. I mean, it it made me realize that I didn't want to be in this position, like playing politics with my career trajectory and having to show up a certain way when that's really not me because there's a way to be professional, but then there's just a way that, that I was showing up to appease others. And I wasn't liking that at all. And when I started to look at the quality of life more, I'm like, do I really want to be working this much? No matter how much money I'm making, when am I going to have time to enjoy my life? When can I take vacations, you know, when can I enjoy date nights with my hubby or when can I do brunch without checking my email constantly because I'm worried that someone's going to email me or, you know, having to work on a draft of something um, for hours on end or, you know, staying up until four. It was just, I wanted control of my own life. And then again, the pandemic was, it was scary that you could have a job and just be gone like that. Just be gone like that, that someone has that power over you. And so for me, I was like, I know I didn't work this hard all my life, basically, you know, since I was born to be in a position where somebody could just let me go like that because we're in a pandemic. Like girl, that can happen even have... not in a pandemic. It happened to me, girl. It
0: wasn't no pandemic.
1: It can. You're <laughs> you're so right. And just that power though, it's like. You know, somebody can literally do that to you. And then what? you have to pay rent. you got to buy groceries. You have other commitments. And there's so much riding on that quick decision that someone has over your life. So for me, I was like, I don't want to be in that position. I want to control my time. I want to have power over my circumstances. And I always said, like, I would never stop my own firm. Like, I'll go somewhere. I'll work hard for my money. And that will be it. But I don't ever want to run my own practice. But when I was thinking more and more, I was like, I might just have to do my own thing because I don't really want to do anything else outside of the law. And so when I came to that, I was like, it's time for me to go. And this is five, six months into the job. And mm-hmm. I had a contract for a year. So I was like, what are we going to do for the rest of this time? <laughs> <laughs> like, there was there was a lot of time that I had. Um, and so I used that time to kind of and I think just God works in mysterious ways is to plan my exit to save up money because I was kind of ready to just go like that with no backup plan. And so that time forced me to have a backup plan, you know, how is a firm going to start up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when I do my own practice. And so I was very fortunate for that. I was very transparent, um, you know, about why I wanted to leave. And overall, it was a good experience, me leaving. Um, But yeah, it was just, a series of things that caused me to go. Gotcha.
0: So by time you were ready to go, were you guys back in the office at that
1: time or were you guys still working from home? No, we were peak lockdown. Like we Mm. were still working from home. My entire experience at that firm was working from home. I didn't get to decorate my office. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. girl you can have my office I ain't ever going (laughs) (laughs) do you
0: feel like had you had an opportunity to be back in the office that that may have changed your decision about whether or not to go because you had mentioned you were missing that and so do you feel Mm -hmm. like the pandemic kind of exacerbated conditions that may have you know caused you to leave sooner
1: than under normal conditions or Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um I feel like the pandemic again just forced me to sit down and reflect a lot and this is a decision that I would have come to Um, you know, had we not been in a pandemic, but just later down the line that I don't want this type of control over my life, over my time, you know, where's my quality of life. Um, Now I have a baby. So having children, that's probably something else that would have acted as a catalyst for me to go because I want to be able to control circumstances in that way too. So the pandemic was just like, look, you got to go now. And I was like, OK. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I think it's so interesting that you have mentioned that
0: mm-hmm. aspect, having such a critical role in your decision, because I feel like with a lot of the articles that I've read about the great resignation and people mm-hmm. leaving their jobs, a lot of the articles and the research is saying that people have changed during this pandemic like not just change their minds, but their values have changed. The Mm -hmm. things that they enjoy have changed and just everything about the way that we move, the way that we think is evolving. And that Mm -hmm. is what essentially has been the reason for a lot of people leaving their jobs (laughs) is this time to think this time, because I feel like pre-pandemic, I enjoyed working from home. But I mm. never had an expectation that I would work from home all the time. Mm. I felt like there was probably always going to be some reason that I have to be there physically. Now, after having worked from home for two years, I'm like, wait, wow. We can do this never being in the office. <laughs> like, right. Right? <laughs> like, we can not ever be in the office and we can still get work done, get projects done, we can still collaborate. Mm-hmm. And so I I'm, I love working from home. Like my listeners know, <laughs> I love working from home. I'm like, this is fantastic. But it really took the unfortunate circumstance of this global pandemic for us to really have the time to evaluate and figure out kind of what set of circumstances makes the most sense for us. And I think a lot of people realize that the set of circumstances that they were in was no longer serving them. <laughs> mm,
1: mm, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Everybody handing in a pink slip and <laughs> getting on down the road. But to get back to your story. <laughs> <laughs> so you had opportunity to sit down and reflect during the pandemic and figure mm-hmm. out what was most important to you. And mm-hmm. so what was kind of the process of transitioning from employee, full-time employee to a full-time entrepreneur? Um, it was,
1: it, it was very difficult because mentally I was already gone, but again, you know, I had to stay there um, through the end of my time, um, but it, it, it caused me to be more intentional in the type of work that I sought out the attorneys that I worked with um, just, you know, based on what my interests were see if that would help that along. Uh, So it was helpful from, from that standpoint, but um, once we got closer and I I left in March, just, you know, timeline wise. So I had a trip. Yeah. Yes. March, 2021. Okay. Ooh, time is flying. Yes. I left (laughs) in March, 2021. (laughs) Um, And Prior to then, you know, I was doing background work and just research on what I wanted, how I wanted uh, to have it done. And um, I told my firm in January that I was leaving in March. And the reason I told them that is because someone else had just left. And so I knew that they would be looking for someone to replace them. So I was like, you might have to look for two people, you know, not just one, (laughs) by the way. And then number two, (laughs) I had found out that I was pregnant. And um, at at that time in January. And one of my uh, symptoms, side effects, was just being super tired, like debilitatingly. Is that a word? Tired. (laughs) Like it it just, as as a workaholic, it, it was something I couldn't handle. And I literally had to be in bed. I was sleeping through the day. And so when it comes to billable hours, like I was not clocking those. And so I wanted the firm to know, like, not only am I leaving, but I'm also pregnant. And I'm telling you I'm pregnant because I can't, I can't bill a lot of hours during the day because I'm so exhausted. Um, and they were totally understanding of that. So they too had the opportunity to kind of work with me knowing that I was leaving, which I think was just helpful for the entire transition. But um You know, once it was finally time for me to go, I took a break. (laughs) I took a break. Uh, My now husband and I, you know, just went to a town nearby for several days and we just chilled. And it was really nice because he wasn't working at that time either. He was also going through a transition. So we both got that time to kind of just like sit, enjoy ourselves, reflect, and also plan for our next steps and kind of prepare Um, So when we got home, that's when that shift started happening. So since I was pregnant, I figured the baby's coming in September. So I really want to use this time to lay the foundation for my law firm. What type of systems we're going to use, how I want to practice, how I want things to run. It's a virtual practice. So what does it mean from that standpoint? And then come September, have the baby, take some time off, and then really dive into working with more clients. So when I started the firm, I had some clientele. But my main focus was just laying the groundwork. So it's already there when I came back. And that took a lot of learning, asking for help, um, letting go of perfectionism. So Q therapy was definitely (laughs) seeing my therapist. And that was amazing. Um, So there's the journey to be a business owner is definitely not something they teach you in law school. Um, And so that was just a whole learning curve and still is in itself. Um, And so that's kind of how the transition has been. So it it was pretty smooth going out. It was difficult, but it was smooth because I was so transparent about it. And then just having the time to um, build my firm, being intentional about what I wanted to do, considering the baby was coming, and then how I wanted to pick up after the baby. I think all that really helped um, for things to be smooth. And now I'm more so focused on, you know, marketing and bringing in the clientele because I have most of my foundation.
0: Yeah. Well, kudos to you Yay. because yes, <laughs> it takes a lot of courage to just say. I'm out. And uh, Mm -hmm. I know so many people who will be like, I want to quit my job. I want to quit my job and then don't for whatever reason. So I, I know how hard it is to stay in a place where you're unhappy, but it may be harder to leave, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) And I also applaud you for having a plan because it takes even more courage, girl, to grab <laughs> your bag, right? Because I've been in some toxic situations with work where mm-hmm. I'd be like, look, I got my I'm out of here box ready, prepared at any moment. <laughs> Somebody look at me crazy today. The box is right. already <laughs> packed. and It's already labeled. OK, right. Right. And so you can be In an environment where you're just so unhappy, where you can make an impulsive decision about Mm -hmm. leaving your job. And that takes a lot of courage, right? Because you you really don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that. But it's also very risky because if you Mm -hmm. are the sole source of your survival, you really don't know what's on the other side of that. So I applaud you for having a plan. And that would be my advice to anybody that's planning to quit their job. Have a plan. (laughs) like it I don't care what the plan is I don't care if the plan is sit on your couch if you know that's the plan then you know that you what to expect right you you're not expecting no coin to be coming in
1: if the plan is (laughs) to sit on the couch right (laughs) so I had to save listen those (laughs) extra six months I was like god you knew what you was doing it's the time it was right you know yeah you got to have a plan you got to have a plan and I would also say you should really have a you shouldn't count on it, but it's nice to have a support system. Not everybody will support you, you know, coming from a culture where they're like, you got to do this, 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 this. And then I'm doing all of that. And I'm going out on my own, like I'm going to own my own business. Like that's not always received so well. And fortunately, like my mom was a huge support, but she even said, you know, other people might not receive it. So who cares what they say? My husband super supportive, even from the financial standpoint, we were quarantining, living together. So not only was I saving, but it was nice to have his support, both emotionally, financially. Um, He supports me a thousand percent. So that has also been helpful. And having fellow entrepreneurs that I can talk to on a daily basis, because I may have friends and, you know, siblings, family, but to talk to people who are also going through it, Or have gone through it is also like a level of support that I find is critical. Otherwise, you might find yourself in that isolation again, a different type of isolation, but isolation nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I feel that for sure. Like the support is important. But more so than anyone's moral support, make sure your financial support is in order. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that
0: Mm. that is the truth, because I feel like when I was in a similar situation, when I lost my job Mm -hmm. years ago, I had tons of moral support. You know, everybody want to say, oh, girl, you're going to get through this girl we support you but when my mortgage came due at the Ah. top of every month nobody was (laughs) passing around a collection plate for me to pay my bills (laughs) right and even if you have family support like family support isn't an unlimited well like they don't just have an unlimited supply of resources it's like hey We got you for a month or two, but after that, you need to have a plan or something like to carry this through. And so that's always my advice to people is know how you're going to support yourself Mm -hmm. once you leave your job, know where your next check is coming from, know how your bills are going to get paid, because I can promise you as miserable as your job is, nothing is more miserable than being on the street. And if you ain't paying your bills, right, that's where you headed.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, I agree a thousand percent. I agree. Because it's hard out here. Like, they try to glamorize entrepreneurship. I'm like, look it's rewarding. It feels good to be out on my own. I feel confident. I feel like I can do anything.
0: Yes, you can.
1: But there's just also like, it's hard. There's so much learning. Again, I know how to be a lawyer. You know, if I had to learn a new area of practice, I could do that. But business ownership is a whole different beast. And I think you know, in this day and age of social media and just being online, everything just looks overnight instantaneous. Like that's how we live our lives with technology, but this is really a slow process. Like you really have to do the work. And so it's just, mm, it's a beast. (laughs) It's a beast. It is a beast, but yeah, having a plan, A1.
0: For sure. For sure. Even if you're not you know, starting a business, leaving your job, yeah, is period. It's just it's just tough. It's just one mm-hmm. of those things. Like I said, it's just you don't know what's gonna be on the other side of that for you. And with 4.4 million people leaving their job in September and October, girl, I can guarantee that all of them weren't leaving to start a new venture. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and some of them and you read some of these articles where people are like, oh, I don't have anything lined up. I just left because this didn't align with my values anymore. And kudos wow. to you mm. for being clear about what your values are. My values include paying my bills
1: and feeding myself. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm not working hard for nothing. You know, we need the money you know, to get the freedom. So, yeah, it's, it's tough either way. You got to have a plan either way, for sure.
0: I feel you, girl. I feel you. So now that you are the CEO and you are the boss, what do you miss mm-hmm. most about 9 to 5 Life?
1: What I miss most <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is... <laughs> What I miss most is the free supplies, you know, (laughs) in the office. I'm a, I'm a writer, you know, give me a pen, some stickies. I like to color coordinate and jot down notes and create, you know, my systems that I can see. Girl, that is what you miss the most. That's like 10 okay. Listen, hours. I got a list. Okay, <laughs> listen, it's just it's a little freedom to go down the hall into the supply closet. Okay, don't take it for granted. I'm gonna put that, some. Am, I'm gonna
0: Amazon you some
1: posters, <laughs> please. Different colors, please. I would appreciate I you. it. You know, I got you some nice pens, um, but also just ha- having the support, like the admin, like the that support, because now that I have to do it for myself. Just to see the amount of time that it takes up. And again, like if I wasn't doing that, I would be able to do like double the client work. That's something that I really miss and something I'm seeing is so critical in my business. Like I'm not here, you know, filing documents or like, you know, I'm not in litigation. So I don't really need like a paralegal but I do need someone to do the repetitive tasks, the administrative tasks, talking to these people, ordering these things or putting these things into systems so that I can exercise my expertise as a lawyer and serve more clientele. So I really do miss having that, that background support and also the support of you know, having this older attorneys down the hall, people who are experienced, being able to go just bounce questions off of people. When I was on my... When I was on my own, I'm still on my own. Uh, Now that I'm on my own, like, you know, in the beginning and even still now, a little bit of imposter syndrome comes to play, like, you know, do I really want to post this question in their attorney Facebook group? Or, you know, do I really want to reach out to this person? Or who can I reach out to? I don't want to look stupid for asking this question. And, you know, so I've had to learn to let go of that as well. And I'm doing a lot better. But it was just so much easier when you had access to people like that. Like, you could literally go sit down, and talk to them and they can give you examples and help. And so I do miss that support too, but I've been able to find it in other spaces. That's
0: good. That's good. I'm learning over
1: here. You know, I'm growing. <laughs> I'm growing.
0: <laughs> you are. I mean, I can't, I, listen, I can't
1: answer your phones, but I I got you on the post-it notes. <laughs> Listen, I'll take the post-it notes. Don't play, don't play.
0: I got you. I got you. them Those are within my budget. I can. Could... <laughs> <laughs> but I feel you. I feel like there are definitely things to miss about nine to five life and I think that's kind of one of the things that drove me back to nine to five life after being a full-time mm. entrepreneur for three and a half years I'm not gonna say I'm not hustling because I got 50 jobs right like I'm still in the hustle <laughs> mentality <laughs> and I have no no intentions of slowing down but there is mm-hmm. some level of peace in knowing that if I oh, decided yeah. tomorrow that I was tired of being a podcaster I'm not y'all at the for what? like I'm not don't worry about that <laughs> but yeah. if I decided tomorrow I didn't want to podcast no more I still can eat. (laughs) Right.
1: There's beauty in that
0: girl. And having a baby, that was like one of my biggest things and concerns about thoughts about going back to nine to five life and whether Mm. to quit, you know, entrepreneurship is because I remember I had a girlfriend who was also a solo Mm -hmm. and she had a baby. She paid for the uh, whole pregnancy and delivery out of pocket she did not have insurance. I was like, I don't understand that. But she was making enough through her business to what? pay for the delivery and pregnancy out of pocket, but not to have health insurance. But I was like, okay, I need to have Ooh. health insurance. And I, I paid for my own when I had my own business. But I was like, I want to have, you know, health insurance. And then in order to pay for the delivery, because she didn't have health insurance, and had to pay for it all out of pocket. She was answering Phone calls for work in labor.
1: Oh yes. my goodness.
0: Girl asked her phone calls for work <laughs> in labor. She hit, plopped out the baby and was at her desk two days later.
1: Oh, I kid you not. Wow.
0: And I was like, that can't be me. I was like, I for some things I I want my maternity leave they don't they don't give you no maternity leave for real you could take the leave but it ain't no guarantee you gonna make no money Uh, I was like I I want my maternity leave back I want you know I wanted some more of those traditional standards of employment back in my life and so not having to wear the crown of the boss and the CEO all the time was a driving Mm -hmm. motivating factor not to mention that practicing law is not really not really my ministry so I was
1: like (laughs) it
0: ain't worth giving up all those things if if I felt (laughs) like it was you know like the thing i meant to do with my life then yeah for Mm -hmm. sure it's worth the sacrifice but I'm like no it ain't it ain't ain't worth that go ahead give me my maternity leave
1: (laughs) 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 No, nah, yeah, there's definitely those those perks and other supports that you leave on the table it's a it's a trade off for sure. I would have definitely enjoyed a, you know, 16, 18 week paid maternity leave, you know, but I'm, that F-M-L-A, I'm working so something. that. Yes, <laughs> um, that it would it would have been nice, <laughs> but I'm working to get to that point where I could do it, you know, for myself. Come second or third child, I can take off as long as I want. So that is my goal because I am a very family oriented person and I want that quality of life, you know, in motherhood too.
0: For sure. And you will get there.
1: You will. Yes, I will. Yes. So now that you've
0: had this taste of freedom, do you think Mm -hmm. that you would ever go back to working for someone else again?
1: I can't do it. I cannot, I can't do it. I can't, cause I feel like, I feel like now I would go back and say, you're running your business like this. Well, how about you try and do that? You know, like I would just have, I, I would have too much to say. I, if I had to go back, like it, it would probably be on a, on a temporary basis. Like if I really had to like dire circumstances, you know, required it then I would go and I, I would leave. Like I would have a plan to get out, but know, <laughs> nope. we here, we building the <laughs> boss, you know, yeah. uh, I'm not going back. Um, and I don't, I don't look down on it just again, like my values have just changed. And so to go back, would not be in alignment with what my values are and how I want to live my life. That's why, again, I would go back temporarily if I had to and then try to make a plan to get out.
0: Yeah. I feel that. Well, I love that you are committed to this process um, and you're committed to building the business, especially so early on. And so, but that's what it requires like an unshakable unwavering belief that this is gonna work and there is no plan b like that that's
1: that's what it's gotta be yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like you said you know the this great resignation like has changed people I feel like I've just I've changed in that sense because I was I was so the opposite like I'm gonna stay at this nine to five as long as they pay me good you know pay off Mm -hmm. these student loans suffer for a little bit, you know, stack my paper. And now I'm kind of just like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) I feel the opposite.
0: Well, I'll also say for anybody out there who may be considering, maybe using entrepreneurship as a stepping stone back into corporate America, I will say that being an entrepreneur made me a better employee. It um, did. It did. How so? <laughs> because I think as an employee, you make a lot of decisions that are emotional. As a business owner, you cannot make a whole bunch of decisions based on emotion. You've right. got to make decisions based on cold bare facts. And so Mm -hmm. when I'm at work now, and I'm having conversations with my employer about pay, or promotion or promotional opportunities, like when they're explaining it to me, so long as they have like a good reason, you know what I mean, for why it's Mm -hmm. not happening. It's like, okay, I understand that because I've been there. I've been in a situation where the budget just won't allow, right? Like, I think as an employee, in the back of your mind, you're always like, oh, they're they're bullshitting me. They got the money somewhere. Right. And sometimes they really ain't no money in the butt. like Right. We cannot get blood from a turnip. And so I feel like as an employee, like I have a better understanding of how business works. I have a better mm. understanding of what makes a valuable employee, because there's also a whole lot of employees out there that over inflate their value. They think that they're more valuable to the company than they are. And so when as an entrepreneur, a valuable employee to me was somebody who would get the work done that I didn't have to worry about. I didn't have to check behind them. I didn't have to Mm -hmm. be an overseer. Right. Like they were an extension of me. Like I had a duplicate copy of me and I knew the work was going to get done in the manner that I wanted at the quality that I wanted. And so as an Mm -hmm. employee, I'm making sure that I'm doing my work in a way that my boss doesn't have to check up behind me you know he or she is not worried about getting no bad reports about me like I'm presenting the company in a way that I know the company wants to be presented even if it's not in alignment with what I want because this ain't my company Mm -hmm. right like even if it's not in a way that I would run my business this isn't my business I have to portray and further the the business's goals and objectives right and so I've learned what makes a good employee by being a boss and some of the people out there think they're eighty thousand dollar employees but for all the money you're costing that business you really a twenty thousand dollar employee 20,000. Dang. Listen, listen and you're you not find, lying though. Girl, and you'll find this <laughs> when you start hiring people. I'm like, look, I'm paying for that laptop. I'm I paying know, for that phone. Girl. I'm paying for that email account, that mm. email address. I'm paying for all of these things for you. And I'm still having to spend my time fixing your work you're not saving me time, you're not saving me energy. And so you up here asking me for a raise and you costing me money. (laughs) (laughs) right? And so you can implement those same learnings like, okay, I see, you know, what made that a good employee for me so that now as an employee, I can be like, if my boss has to worry about me, I'm not doing my job. Right, right.
1: Yeah, that's where the value is. I definitely in this this hiring search that I'm beginning, I want someone like you described, like, I don't have to worry about you, I don't have to oversee, like, we'll take some time in the beginning to learn and get familiar with each other, but after that, like, you can just help me along, like, you're a representation of me, like, that's definitely someone that I am looking for, that I want on my team, and <laughs> I know those aren't, you know, all that easy to find. Like you said, everybody thinks they're an $80,000 employee, but some people 20 K 10 K 15 K, you know, so, (laughs) (laughs) right. So I know that's going to be a journey too, but I guess I would say what, you know, something that I would bring in from entrepreneurship is, um, as if I was to go back as an employee would definitely be the ability to advocate for myself more. Um, like I've, I've been able to do that in the past, but I think just the the confidence that I have or, you know, to see what I've gone through to have to build up a business and just learn that curve. I think that conversations, difficult conversations or difficult positions to be in as an employee, like I would handle those a lot better. Um, And like you said, not from an emotional standpoint either. So, yeah, I don't see myself going back. but I do think I would be better
0: for sure. You would, you would. Because the same things that you've described, I've noticed about myself as well, being Mm. back in corporate America. It's like, I was so afraid to push before because I didn't know how hard to push. Now that I know Mm. how hard I can push, oh, I'd be pushing right up to the limit. Right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I, I
0: Girl. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. I'm so yeah grateful that you've been able to share your journey with us. And so the last thing that we need from you before we get to our sugar feet quickies is yes. your best advice for people who are considering making the ultimate career move of walking out the door, joining the great resignation, whether that be to start their own business or to find another job. But like, what, what's your advice for people who are entering this phase of quitting their jobs?
1: Yeah. So like we talked about, honestly, is having a plan. And I think at the very top of that plan is look at what your current employer, look at their rules around you uh, being at the job while like working another business or you know trying to leave like check your contract your employee handbook just to make sure that you're not in violation of any rules or you're not creating something on the job for your new business or your new employer and you know your current employer has claim to it you know the intellectual property so I would first say just Act accordingly, like act how you're supposed to act in your current job, because when you're getting ready to leave, whether that be to start a business or go out onto another job, that you're already like planning. There are things in your head. You're taking baby steps, whether that's sprucing up your resume or making a business plan, and so you just want to make sure you're you're in the clear. Uh, As it relates to your current employer, not doing anything on company time, or you know those little things. So I would say that should be at the very top of the plan. And then you know next steps is just how how do you envision what you're going to do? Whether that's starting a new job or starting a business, like what does that plan look like? Breaking it down into steps, you know, checklist. Like I said, I'm very When you send me the sticky notes, you know, I'm going to post them up on my wall. Uh, I'm very like visual as to like breaking down goals. Right. And it doesn't have to be you know, some long-term year, five-year plan, but just like, what you are gonna do next month? Like if you leave and you don't have a job yet or that new job falls through, like we were just in a pandemic, you never know what might happen. What are you gonna do to make sure that your bills are paid, right? Like we talked about, what's your your long-term plan? Who's gonna be there to support you if you need it? If you're starting a new business, you know, what requirements do you need to meet and what steps do you need to take? So I think really just making sure you're acting accordingly, it's your current employer, and then having a plan. But with that plan, really breaking it down into actionable steps, because I think that's where we can get lost, whether you're looking for a new job, or you're trying to start a business, like, if we don't really know how we're going to proceed, then it can kind of just get anywhere. And you're in the new job, like, I don't like it here either, but had you had a plan about, you know, how you're going to be intentional about growing up the ladder or who you're going to connect with. So maybe you want to get to another job after that, like just know where you're going, like have the path laid out for you or life is just going to, you know, run its course and take you into any direction.
0: Or you're going to be jumping out the frying pan into the fire. (laughs)
1: exactly Exactly. and we don't we don't need that we don't need that we don't that was such lawyerly advice check the handbook right like (laughs) the first thing that you should do is make sure you check your employee handbook but it's it's just so true because some people I've talked to like have been caught in that situation where it's like you're working on company time time that they're paying you like and you're either looking for a job you're doing interviews on the phone on company time or you are working on, you know, something tangible, let's say you're trying to start your own business related to the line of work that you're already in. And if you tell somebody like a coworker you're really cool with and the company catches wind of it, like according to, you know, page 92, you see section seven B right there, this is our intellectual property, you know, and you just don't wanna be caught in that position. A lot of times we think a lot of these things aren't gonna happen. And what does regardless of how likely or unlikely they are you just want to be in a position where you know you're acting right i feel you girl tell the people
0: see it's mm-hmm. always great tell when you have
1: another lawyer here because
0: i don't have to tell the people you can tell them <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna Love tell it them yes so before we let you go we have to get into the sugar-free quickies so our sugar-free quickies is a series of either or questions and you have Mm -hmm. to choose one of the other it's not both it's not none i can't
1: do it it depends you know i'm a lawyer no no
0: no definitive
1: (laughs) okay no i'm gonna do my best perfect Okay.
0: Would you rather I think I know the answer to this question now but would you rather work from home or work in the office? I would rather work in the office. Yeah. I figure based, based upon, you know, what
1: we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to start to explain and I was like, "Let me shut up." Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we already got the explanation. Yeah. <laughs> so, dinner with Jay-Z or have all your student loan debt forgiven?
1: dinner with Jay-Z what girl yeah
0: okay um, I'm gonna need an explanation for this
1: (laughs) okay see you can't bend in the rules
0: well you chose the um, answer but yeah I need I need to hear about this yeah
1: I've thought about this one but um because it's student loans it's it's over here looking like a house you know what I'm saying right and it's just I feel like it's just always gonna be there Jay-Z's worth a house to you. Listen, listen, when you get in the right room with the right people, sometimes, you know, if I'm, I'm not just going to sit down and have a little drink. Oh my God, I love this song. I love this album. Like I'm going to have a plan. Like we just talked about, I'm going to go into that, that lunch, that dinner, and I'm going to leave out saying, okay, we'll follow up and I'll confirm with your assistant for the next lunch or dinner that Mm -hmm. we're going to have, you know, and just, I would want to grow that relationship so that as a business owner, as a professional, I'm in, you know, different rooms than I would have like that I would not have been in had just my student loans been paid off. So I would, I would take that opportunity. It sound crazy when I look (laughs) at, you know, the federal, the loans and the, the notices, but, um, I believe and in
0: myself. Beyonce wrote a whole album about Jay Z's lack of trustworthiness. Like I don't believe Jay Z gonna call me back. Mm-mm. How I know Listen, he gonna follow up? Them loans forgiveness we, is secure. We
1: we gonna have to work <laughs> that out. It's uh, a good point. You know I might have to reconsider. <laughs> but <laughs> that's my initial my initial answer. I got you. All right, money or passion? Passion.
0: That's the standard answer on this show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> In a versus battle, Kanye or Drake? I'm
1: refaning, refraining, refraining <laughs> from explaining. Um,
0: if y'all could see her face, like this, this was a harder <laughs> decision. You saw how fast she answered dinner with Jay Z. This is
1: like <laughs>
0: intense.
1: This <laughs> is not fair, Drake. That's my uncle, Drake.
0: All right. Then, okay we'll allow it final question <laughs> favorite household pet or preferred household pet dog or cat
1: dog I'm allergic to cats
0: well my mom always when we grew up my mom said you should never have an animal in the house that's supposed to poop in the house oh <laughs> <laughs> so it was never cat. Cats was never an option for that reason.
1: Yeah, I make you think <laughs> that's, that is true. Like, why? <laughs> I never noticed
0: that. Like, why? Yeah, she was like, you know, a dog may poop in the house, but that's an accident. He's not supposed to do that. You yeah. discipline him, you train him. Cat post the poop in the house.
1: Nah, if I had a cat. <laughs> <laughs> they hit the backyard <laughs> something the deck I don't even know <laughs> your little box is not going in the house what don't <laughs> make <So>. no sense
0: <laughs> mama knows all <laughs> well, yes well thank you so much again for joining us here today this was such wow. a great conversation yes. so if we want to work with you and get our businesses together get a trademark where can we find you where can we connect with you
1: Yes. So again, my name is Lee Kuma You can connect with me on my website, anasalawfirm.com. That is A-N-A-S-A lawfirm.com or follow me on Instagram um, where I'm always dropping gems, always free information, never legal advice. Just information, (laughs) um, right? Give that disclaimer. Um, But I'm always posting information on there for people to consume and to inspire them to take action. So that's a NASA law firm, A-N-A-S-A law firm on Instagram. And I also have um, a webinar coming up at the end of this month. I actually host monthly webinars. Um, This one is particularly for coaches and what they can do to legalize their online business. So, um, if that's you, you listening out there, then definitely go to my website and RSVP, um, slide in my DMS on Instagram. I like to talk. I'll be here. Yes, holla
0: at your girl, and we will definitely be headed your way if we need your services. And maybe you can offer us a little sugar-free discount if we come. (laughs) Sugar-free
1: only, sugar-free discount. Yes.
0: Well, listen, y'all. This has been such another fantastic episode with another amazing guest. But listen here, if y'all take away nothing else from today, do not take away that Sid Mac and the Sugar Free Podcast. Has told you to leave your job that is not what we said here today do not go into work tomorrow and attend your resignation and say sydney told me to do it that was not the takeaway okay we got to get our retirement accounts in order because we're not trying to let that go we're not trying to let that yes. maternity leave go you know but if after some real life conversations which are a your bank account and jesus you decide that quitting your job and is your the therapist. best thing girl and your mama because she gonna have to pay you know (laughs) she gonna have to help make payments on that mortgage (laughs) if you default right and so if after you have all the necessary conversations you decide that the best thing for you in your future is to go then we say you go glenn coco Mm -hmm. you go but if you need a loan, you better call Tyrone or your mama because don't call me because I told you don't
1: call me. (laughs) (laughs) me
0: Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for another week and another fantastic episode. Make sure that you tune back in next week for another great episode. Plenty of amazing conversations. Another remarkable guest. And of course, more of the most exquisite tea that's a hundred percent sugar-free. Woo chow. Mm Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod, you can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, a eh? with plenty of tea that's one hundred percent sugar free.
1: Meet small business owner, Mackenzie Nicole.
0: Mackenzie's business is growing and she needs forms and templates to legally protect her business from clients, partners, and employees. But she's low on cash and needs to find forms and templates that are legally binding and comprehensive, yet affordable. Not knowing where to find such forms and templates, Mackenzie was stressed until she found Formally Forms, the one-stop DIY legal shop for small business owners, side
1: hustlers, and entrepreneurs. All Formally Forms are affordable, easy to use, and expertly drafted by a licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor.
0: So what are you waiting for? Be like Mackenzie and get your Formally Form or Template today!